We got him, folks. We got him. Yoel Roth defended Anthony Weiner in unearthed blog posts. Yeah, that's right. We've got Yoel in his own words. And I'm joined with Libby Emmons as we discuss why it is that it took people like us, like Natalie Winters, to dig this up. And the actual, quote unquote, journalists in the United States couldn't seem to be bothered. In fact, couldn't even be bothered to make a Wikipedia page for him. But I must remind you that a few seats have now been opened for America Fest. There's just a few seats left. So if you go to amfest.com right now, even before the show starts, and use promo code POSO, you can gain access and secure those seats for yourself, your loved ones, your family, your friends, maybe even your liberal relatives to know that your present for them was given to further the cause of conservatism in America. Make sure you go to amfest.com, promo code POSO, and if you're already on your way there, I will see you this weekend at the Meeting of the Minds. Remember, it is a working meeting, amfest.com. Let's get into it. And yet almost inevitably, any kind of social platform is going to run into a place where they need to start thinking seriously about user misbehavior, right? So I'm talking about things like and but what happens when somebody starts sharing child pornography on your platform, or actually as it's called child sexual exploitation, right? Like what happens when that problem emerges? At that point, as a service provider, you have a legal requirement to start regulating the content that users are sharing on your platform. And so the question is, will you stop at just what is legally required? Do you keep things that are like absolutely not allowed off of your service and end it there? Or does one content restriction lead to another, lead to another, creating this sort of spiral of regulation? We've seen that happen across a bunch of services. It happened on Twitter. It happened on Vine. And for a variety of reasons, a base set of protections that ensure things like compliance with laws have turned into these kind of sweeping sets of rules. Um, my hunch is that it's an inevitable institutional effect. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is December 13th, 2022, Anno Domine. That was Yoel Roth, the former head of the Trust and Safety Ministry at Twitter. In the past, I've referred to Yoel Roth as a Fed because he was clearly running with tasking from federal agencies, and in turn, they went and overlooked his, shall we say, proclivities. Why would they allow somebody, why would Twitter allow somebody with these types of attitudes to one of their highest, most trusted positions in the entire company? One of the most powerful people in our entire country. Let's listen to this because there's a massive scoop from the war room, and I want to make sure we get this in full. Natalie Winters dug up Yoel Roth it turns out had a blog that has since been defeated, been deleted. And he once wrote a blog defending Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner, of course, who went down for underage sexting, which included photos of himself nude next to a toddler. Yoel Roth wrote, he's a saint. And the only thing he's guilty of is liking him, his, or if, if Anthony Weiner's only sin is liking himself too much, then he's an effing saint by internet standards. I'd like to bring on now Libby Emmons of the Post Millennial. Libby, 
why is it that a guy like this was given such a powerful position within, within Twitter? How did this happen? Well, I don't know exactly how he got hired, but he certainly had all the right credentials. The Annenberg School of Communication, UPenn, um, I think Swarthmore as well is on his resume. And this is exactly the kind of guy who seems to be, uh, you know, very forward thinking. And based on what we saw there, his very nuanced views on child pornography, um, you know, give him uh, some progressive insight to become, you know, head of trust and safety on the platform. I do think it's interesting, however, as I said, his views on uh, whether or not child exploitation should be allowed on the platform, he does seem to have a nuanced view about the free speech concerns there and the um, you know sweeping restrictions that could come about from some banning there. But later and just recently, we heard him speaking at a Knight Foundation conference talking about how the Babylon Bee and libs of TikTok are, you know, that their satire and commentary is dangerous and has real world dangerous implications. But apparently he does not think that that is so for images of child exploitation. You know, interestingly enough, so I was just looking this up. You know that Yoel Roth doesn't have a Wikipedia page? Interesting. Does not I exist. Think you have to... but he does have an Everipedia page. And because when you mentioned Annenberg and UPenn and Swarthmore, I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's our neck of the woods, right? That's that's UPenn, that's Philadelphia, Swarthmore, that's right in Delaware mm -hmm. County. You know, is this guy from, I know, um, he's from San Francisco originally, then then came over. But what's interesting is that there's no Wikipedia page for this guy. One of the most powerful men in the entire country, certainly in 2020, certainly going into 2021. And yet Wikipedia, which is meant to be one of the uh, sources, you know, quote unquote, open source, right, for all public information, certainly on the people who are powerful within our own country. This guy doesn't even warrant a page. How does that work? How is that possible, Libby? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't what know. Is it, what does it say to you? Page. What does it say to you that he doesn't have one? Put it that way, right? Right. It because because we've we've seen this before in the past. The Wikipedia is totally controlled by left wing neckbeards. I say this all the time. And the Twitter files, if you remember, Elon Musk was tweeting about this himself because the Twitter files Wikipedia entry was cited for deletion because the neckbeards at Wikipedia were saying that there was nothing in the Wiki, in the Wikipedia file, or excuse me, in the Twitter files that warranted the attention of Wikipedia. It didn't warrant its own article. The same way that Yoel Roth doesn't warrant his own article, even though he's one of the most powerful, or was until he was recently deposed, one of the most powerful people over speech in our entire country. Why does this keep happening? Yeah, that's actually really fascinating. Um, Wikipedia is a, a far leftist fake encyclopedia that has been cited for far too long as something that is factual and honest and transport trans transparent and uh, you know all of that. I remember when I was in college and I had a professor actually suggesting to us that we do our research on Wikipedia. And I was one of the only students in the class who said, no, I think I'm just gonna hit the library because I don't really trust anything that's on Wikipedia. This doesn't seem like um, accurate or worthwhile sourcing. And I think that that's true. We have to remember that these open source platforms are full of the bias of their creators. And while they sit out there telling the rest of us that we are hateful and have unconscious bias and all of this, they are just as prone to it, if not more so, because they're not even looking out for it in themselves. By the way, Joel Roth, 
Joel Roth is on Wikipedia. So we got Joel, but it it it, it doesn't appear that Joel Roth is any any uh any any relation whatsoever. Seems like a good guy, Joel Roth. I don't know. But yeah, not seeing anything. Joel Roth, no Wikipedia page. The same way that we've seen again and again that powerful people in this country are protected when they work for the regime behind the scenes. Well, folks, offers for free iPhones, usually too good to be true. And just like freedom itself, nothing is ever free. No such thing as a free lunch. And mobile phone companies not only lock you in to long-term contracts, but they build the price of your phone into your bill with hidden fees. Well, I'll tell you what, with Patriot Mobile, they can show you how to get that same iPhone interest-free without the games and no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers for free. Go to patriotmobile.com slash POSO or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team. You can get free activation today with promo code POSO. If you are fed up with the woke companies that don't care about your values or our country, support a company this Christmas that supports your values. patriotmobile.com slash POSO. All the time, Ziegler, you spent sitting on the school board, ignoring uh, the moms and dads and myself and laughing at us and giving us snide, you know, eyes and this and that. Well, tomorrow it's on you. Tomorrow this is all about you. As far as Wade Bear goes, you know, he's a cocky man that thought, you know, that he could spin the story however he wanted and keep whoever he wanted at bay. Well, it looks like it got you now. The superintendent of Loudoun County Schools has been indicted, indicted. Now, if you were following this program in 2021, in the fall, there was a huge scandal, even back to the summer, that erupted multiple incidents of sexual assault taking place in bathrooms in Loudoun County Schools. There was a father who was arrested after causing a disturbance, and he did cause a disturbance, at a school board meeting. But we later found out why he caused that disturbance. Because the school board refused to meet with him, refused to hear his, his concerns and his discussions, and it later came out, thanks to the Halkion work of one Luke Rosiak over at the Daily Wire, a fantastic investigative journalist, investigative reporter. It came out that that father's daughter had been raped by a boy wearing a skirt inside the Loudoun County bathrooms. And it turned out it wasn't the first sexual assault that that boy had committed. Libby Emmons, walk us through what happened in this case. And then also we have to get into the fact that the New York Times of all places came out attacking anyone who criticized this situation, anyone who criticized the the superintendents, the school district, they said the school district has come under attack by right wing uh, pundits and conservatives. Um, there's a huge article up by Michelle Goldberg, you know, the right's big lie about a sexual assault in Virginia. And now here we are a little over a year later, the superintendent's been indicted. What, what, what's gone wrong in Loudoun County? 
So pretty much everything has gone wrong in Loudoun County and so many of other of our school districts are um, in peril for, for similar reasons, actually. So you had a um, young girl, a uh, ninth grader, I believe, and she was raped in the school bathroom uh, by a boy that she knew who was wearing a skirt. And later it was revealed that it was forcible sodomy as well as forcible fellatio. About a month later, the school was trying to push through transgender bathroom policies so that anybody can use any bathroom that they want. And also there were issues regarding pronouns. There was a school board meeting. Parents showed up to ask questions about the gender neutral bathroom policies that the school was trying to push through, as well as the father that we just saw showed up at that school board meeting to tell the school board and to talk to them about how his daughter was I, you know, sexually assaulted like this um, in the in the school bathroom. And in fact, he was arrested himself at that school board meeting for what they said was causing a disturbance when really he was trying to get justice for his daughter, who he sent to school um, where she's supposed to get educated. And she came home having been sexually violated um, in the bathroom there at the school. The other thing, too, that happened is as this case unfolded and before all of the details came out, uh, Mr. Smith, the young girl's um, father, ended up being part of the justification for the Biden administration and Merrick Garland in the Department of Justice to go after angry parents who go to speak at school board meetings. If we remember, there were lots of parents going to school board meetings, speaking out about um trans bathroom policies, pronoun policies, pornography in school libraries, which we saw quite a lot of also school masking, also, you know, um, vaccination mandates, and also uh, COVID lockdown restrictions, remote school, all of these things, parents really did get involved during the pandemic when they saw how poorly their students were being treated at schools by administrators. Um, and educators also, I think, were very angry as well at, at how some of this stuff went down. So a man's, he, a man's daughter is raped in a bathroom and the federal government uses his anger at that situation to declare that they are going to prosecute parents the same, with the same tools that they use to prosecute domestic terrorists. And, and Libby, I want to read for you a little bit from that New York Times op-ed because it, listen to this. This is a story about how the right twisted the sexual assault of a teenager into a culture war fantasy. It's about how a distorted tale on a conservative website became grist for a nationwide moral panic. On June 22nd, a middle-aged plumber named Scott Smith was dragged, lip bleeding and hands cuffed behind his back from a raucous school board meeting in Loudoun County, Virginia. According to the local newspaper, he'd been swearing loudly at another parent and leaning toward her with a clenched fist when the police tackled him and pulled him outside. He'd eventually be convicted of disorderly conduct and resisting arrest and given a suspended 10-day sentence. Smith's image quickly went viral as a sort of symbol of the sort of school board strife breaking out across all over America. The National School Board Association writing to President Biden to request help dealing with a number of growing threats and violence and acts of intimidation directed at school board members included Smith's arrest in a list of examples. So in, in, in the New York Times is telling 
the 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 aggressor here is the father is is the father who's upset at the superintendents that let a rapist into the a known rapist into school with his daughter and then lied about it for which they're now indicted and and and, Libby, yeah, so- and, and double fact check me here for a second was was that the the second assault or the first so this incident um, in 2021, this May incident, was the first assault. This was the first. That okay. this, this was the first assault. However, the school, instead of dealing with the assault, instead of dealing with this child um, who committed the assault on his uh, on, on this young girl, just transferred him off to another school in the district and did not give the new um, the new school any information about what had happened. And teachers and students alike at the new school were very wary of him because of his new behavior. And he did engage in what they call inappropriate touching, uh, you know, another on another female student. Yeah. At the school, eventually this, um, this man was, um, let's see, he was put into a residential mental health program on probation until he's 18. And also the judge in his case said that he had to register as a sex offender, which she also said is something that she does not typically do for minors, but in this case felt that it was decidedly warranted. So the school, the initial school covered up the, um, covered up the rape, covered up the assault, went after the father, the trash. Libby, hold that thought. We're going to break, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold you over because this we, we need to go into the next part for this. We need to extend this. And we're back. Libby, when we left, you were detailing for us how this school knew that the student had committed sexual assault, passed him over to another school. He commits another sexual assault. Um, we're not even sure the status of of that victim. Hopefully, obviously, everyone is 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 recovering from these situations, these horrific situations, and and had sentenced the boy to a sort of juvenile mental facility. Um, now let's get into what has happened here. Let's fast forward a year. What has happened here with the father and both and the superintendent? Because of course, the New York Times was taking the the word of the superintendent completely at face value to say there has been no assaults in these bathrooms. This guy's a liar. This guy is making up things. He's just an angry right wing uh, extremist who's upset um, and is and is taking it out for some kind of political vendetta when actually it turns out that a boy in a skirt had raped his daughter in the girl's bathroom. Yeah. So I think what we see from the New York Times and other publications is that it's important to believe all women unless they allege that they have been raped in a girl's bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt in a high school that is pushing progressive transgender bathroom policies. So that's what we know from the New York Times. So fast forward, here we are. The superintendent has been indicted on four counts. And I can tell you what they are. Uh, One count of false publication, one count of prohibited conduct, one count of penalizing an employee for a court appearance, uh, which are all misdemeanors. Also, the public information officer that the father, Scott Smith, Scott Smith mentioned, whose name is Wade Byard, was indicted on one count of felony perjury, which carries a maximum sentence of 12 months. And he could also be facing a hefty fine of $2,500. And this is all really about the cover up. And if there's anything we know about, um, you know, 
American politics and culture, it's really the cover up that is always the problem. If these men had come forward and been direct and said, this is what happened, they wouldn't but let's be get indicted into that. Let's get into they wouldn't that have because... lost their jobs. No, and I'm glad they did. But let's get into that because, and I think you know, you, you know the reason why. Why was it that they didn't come forward and why was it that they were not open about this horrific situation when it took place? What possible reason could they have to cover up a sexual assault that happened in their school? So the grand jury that was, uh, that was held to take a look at this said that at every step of the investigation, the Loudoun County administrators were looking out for themselves and their own interests and not the interests of the students. So I think that there's probably a twofold reason. One, they didn't wanna go after a boy in a skirt since everyone knows that boys who wear skirts are saints with gender identity issues that we should all praise and respect. And the other one, of course, is that they just didn't wanna deal with it despite everything that has come out of the progressive left about, you know, looking out for women's rights and all of this kind of stuff. Nobody really cares when it's their own jobs and their own, um, you know, reputations on the line. So I think it's probably a twofold issue there. And of course, they went ahead and were trying to push through trans bathroom policies as though they had no idea that there could possibly be concerns with boys um, going into girls' bathrooms. Wait, 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 wait. Don't bury the not. lead. Don't bury the lead here. So I'm pulling I'm totally pulling Steve Van on that one. Wait, 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 hold up. <laughs> yeah. The the what do you mean they were pushing transgender, gender neutral bathrooms at the time they were covering this up? Is that what you're saying, Libby Emmons? Yes, that is correct. The uh, school board was trying to push through transgender bathroom policies. And it was at the school board meeting where parents came to speak out against transgender bathroom policies that this father, Scott Smith, showed up to say and, and report what had happened to his daughter and was then arrested. So in a sense, in order for their woke policies and their their woke credits, their woke points in, in service to what I've called increasingly the the civil religion of diversity, inclusion, and equity, right? That's that's our civil religion now. You cannot speak ill of the civil religion. You cannot be an apostate to the civil religion. You cannot speak heresy to the civil religion, right? If you bring up uh, statistics or facts that, that fly in the way, like for example, oh, I don't know, a, a boy in a skirt raping a girl in the girl's bathroom because it is an, an act of religion on one hand for them, but also it's it's a way for them to your point to find a furtherance in their career as progressives. You know, they're thinking if they go on in Loudoun County, this is one of the most powerful school districts in Virginia. So they could, you know, mm -hmm. potentially looking for a uh, higher political office, looking to leverage that into a possible uh, county commissioner seat or maybe run for uh, even Congress eventually. This is Northern Virginia. These are some of the, the richest elites in, the, certainly in our government reside there. This is where their children go. And they are all looking for, to your point, for their own ability. So they want to be able to say, if they're out there on the campaign trail, we were the ones who passed the gender neutral bathrooms. And that means you should go and, and vote for us. They're, they're considering their own careers. They're considering mm -hmm. their own interests. And they put their civil religion ahead of their actual students. And in this case, an actual victim who was raped. And, and what's amazing to me is 
where are the feminists, right? Where are the feminists in terms of all of this? Shouldn't they be the out there? The feminists have been you know? totally bludgeoned with their own compassion. The feminists have been coerced as, you know, mm. as has, has can happen. The feminists have been coerced into stating that men can be women, that men can be lesbians, and that women don't need their own private spaces, and that women don't need their own private rights or even definitions. We came out today, we saw that the Cambridge Dictionary has changed the word woman to no longer mean, you know, adult human female, um, but to instead mean someone who feels like an adult human female, whatever that means, I guess, you know, woman is now defined as an identity, as opposed to a biological reality. And that's what these school board people would have you believe too. And that's where the feminists are. The feminists are lying to themselves and the rest of us. Because the feminists, right, they usually they're fighting against the patriarchy. It's you know, everything's the patriarchy. But it turns out it wasn't the patriarchy. It was the wokeyarchy. Because in this case, yeah. it was it flies. You have two conflicting ideologies in DIE. And now someone it, they weren't covering it up because, oh, let's just let men do whatever they want to do. No, it's we're going to do this because apparently wrapping yourself in the LGBTQ pride flag is, gives you like a cloak of invisibility that you can then yes. uh, go and commit your crimes and all of those in power say, groomer, rapist, where, where? I can't find them anywhere. What's going on? It's also a really nice workaround. So if you're some cis heteronormative white male, as they say, and you suddenly just put on a skirt, suddenly you're oppressed. And all of the qualifications that all of the wokesters said is your privilege um, now you don't have those anymore because you're wearing a um, different kind of clothing. We're, we're just about out of time. Libby Emmons, <laughs> go follow her, go follow the post-millennial, continue to do your work and just, just put all these people in jail. We need bigger jails, lock them all up because they all need to be locked up. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.